Hey everyone, and welcome back to Any Crack with me, Shannon Callahan. Hi everyone, welcome back from the little break I took that I wasn't expecting to take. I am coming at you live today from my bed. Um, <laughs> the current setup is literally me just lying down um, with the microphone laying on my chest because I am chilling today. Um, I'm sure a lot of you who listen are people who know me, so you probably have already heard this story and are sick of hearing about it. Um, but today's episode is actually going to be a bit different. It's going to be a, it's not planned. I didn't think that this is what I was going to talk about, but I had a little incident (laughs) happen last week and I had an experience that I think kind of as the aim of this podcast is to talk about my life, my experience assimilating to life in Ireland and just a different country and the various experiences that come along with it. A lot of times, you know, in other episodes, I try to keep it light or informative in the sense like last episode, I think, yeah, was about the Easter Rising. So, you know, bringing to you something you might not have learned or bringing a perspective way of thinking about stuff that you haven't thought about before or like sharing funny stories talking about you know the stereotypes I might have had I mean look if you've made it this far you've been listening for a while you know what my vibe is um last season I did try to get answer I did get some questions and tried to answer some questions that were a bit more um not I don't know intense isn't really the word I'm looking for but they were a bit more serious I suppose um and took a bit more thought and intention and I guess kind of this is along those lines but this is directly kind of from my experience and then pulling in a greater uh, topic that is kind of plaguing Ireland I suppose at the moment and that people especially you know listening in America or other countries you might not really be too aware of so I'll just dive into it the basics are I got bit by a dog at the weekend and I had to go to the ER for the first time. Um, to set it all up, no, talking about it now, knowing what I know now and knowing the experience that I went through, like there were other options than going to the emergency room, but kind of at the time when it happened and like just me go, like my body being in shock, it was kind of like the only place I could think to go to was the emergency room and um that is kind of a part of assimilating to a new place is learning the healthcare system and like I've gone to doctors you know I've gone to various kinds I have a dentist I've gone to the gynecologist I've been to GP I don't really have a GP but I've been to a GP if that makes sense um I have health insurance here like I I know kind of the basics of the the system but this was like the first time that I was kind of really uh, experiencing it in this kind of way like needing something urgently versus just like oh I need to go get my teeth checked or you know I have a question about birth control or whatever 
this was kind of like, oh, I have just been bit by a dog and now I have like a cut, (laughs) a wound on my leg and I need to go get that seen too. And I can't tell how um, serious it is because I wasn't really in any pain. So I was like, oh, this must not be so bad. And yet like my body is reacting in such a way and like there is blood (laughs) and stuff so anyway basically I it was a wrong place wrong time um event I was walking well I was I had left work I was going to a yoga studio for a class before going home for the night um and I walked past a park and a dog came out and bit me is essentially the story um so and then like the dog ran off and there were two kids with it they ran off because they were chasing after the dog because it was running away because it wasn't on a leash um yeah that's like that's the I'm not gonna get into the full story I feel like I've said it like 15,000 times um but then so I called an ambulance first I waited about an hour um and the ambulance didn't come so then I um had at that stage I was with a co-worker I had called because I was still so close to work um, and she still had been she had just actually been leaving um, so she came and sat with me and helped me get into a taxi and in um, on my way to the ER and she helped me kind of initially clean up the wound and everything like that um, and she kind of encouraged me not to wait for the ambulance as well so I um that was kind of the first experience was I called an ambulance and waited an hour and look at the end of the day I wasn't in a dire position I wasn't bleeding out you know it wasn't an emergency in that sense of like you know I I urgently 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 needed care but that was kind of the first thing of like oh this isn't gonna come anytime soon because this is not you know blunt force trauma to the head you know and they clearly have a lot of work to do and I suppose for myself as well like I've lived in Philly, I've lived in DC, but I am from kind of a smaller town. So when I lived in Philly and DC, I never really needed to call, I've never called an ambulance before um, in a city. So I don't think it's just Dublin. I think like any city, there could kind of be this wait time, but I don't know. Um, But so like, I don't want it to be like, oh my God, Dublin. But it's like, you know, is this, this is likely an issue kind of of in a city trying to prioritize the most urgent calls um but it was fine because I was able to get in a taxi got to the hospital checked into the ER it was busy again it was a Friday it was Friday night in the center of town (laughs) um so it was busy and I kind of got my form told them what happened sat down they operate in a triage so you know kind of getting you in doing an initial assessment and then just putting you on a list kind of by in part by arrival time and in part by urgency um deemed urgency um I'm sure on a tiered system you know I'm sure age factors into it where the location of the injury is the kind of injury that the risks of it that kind of thing um I ended up getting into the triage nurse after an hour wait um got a tetanus shot straight away um And then I sat in the waiting room for an additional 20 hours. Um, And a lot of people 
well, I was posting about it on my Instagram, so, like, a lot of people were telling me a lot of things. Some of them were like, oh, you should have gone to this place, you could have gone to this place. A lot of it after the fact (laughs) that it was kind of, like, you know, too late. The place would have already been closed for the day that they had suggested or whatever, but for me, kind of, I was by myself in the hospital and, like, I didn't want, I didn't know what was happening. No, I wasn't really getting an update of, like, where I was in a queue or how long it might take and obviously like I'll talk about this more in a bit but like the problem is they're understaffed and overworked and that's been magnified in a COVID landscape and things like that so you know it's not oh nobody was telling me me anything because they don't care it's like no they're literally running around trying to you know help all of these people like they're not doing it now I do have some thoughts but like you know and to be honest, like, for the first while, like, it didn't really bother me. I was like, I'm not in pain. Like, I'm okay to wait. I even, like, I had started taking notes on my phone after a few hours. I don't really know what, um, I don't know what moved me to do that. But I did, like, I had started taking notes that evening. And it, like, I even, the first note that I wrote was like, if you're feeling unwell enough to go to the ER, why would you leave just because there's a wait and this was when I was maybe like three hours waiting um definitely by 15 hours I understood (laughs) why people left for me I never left because I was like well there's an open wound and I've been told in triage that it might need stitches and so I'm not comfortable leaving and trying to go somewhere else to have to wait again when I'm really like it's really unclear to me how bad this is and like you know it didn't get down into my bone there's no nerve damage it's really in the grand scheme of things not bad but I think for me I was kind of like I've never had anything like this happen before I've never been bit by a dog before I've like I broke my wrist when I was like six or seven I was in second grade so yeah like six or seven I broke a finger once but like mm, oh and the story I told a few weeks ago of how I like fainted twice and urged to bark I had to go to the ER after that event but like I really have been you know touch wood very fortunate that like I've never really had to go to the ER for anything and so for me to have this bite and to you know have people telling me like oh you know dog bites can get infected really easily blah blah, blah. I was like you know what? I'm just safer to stay here the trouble was I didn't obviously I I didn't have any food with me I didn't um like you know I had all my stuff from work um I didn't want to leave so my option was to like lay across some benches and sleep but then I was too nervous to sleep because since I didn't know where I was in the queue I didn't want to fall asleep and miss my name being called so I was kind of like in and out of sleep for a couple of hours but never really falling asleep Um, There were vending machines that took coins only. I didn't have any cash. Um, I think I had like two euro and 30 cents and I like bought a Twix bar early on and then I bought like a bag of salt and vinegar chips. Um, And even when I bought the bag of salt and vinegar, vinegar chips, I had to ask somebody for change because I didn't have enough for the chips. So like that was kind of that was one of those moments throughout the night where I was like I can't even eat because I don't have any like coins to afford to get a snack and they had like 
I, I wouldn't have bought it, but like they did have a vending machine that had like wraps and stuff in it, but they also had like your standard vending machine with like chips and candy and soda and stuff. And that one also had like a protein bar. And I was like, oh, if only I had enough money for the protein bar, I'd actually like have been in a better state. Um, in the morning, my coworker, one of my coworkers tried to send me food, um, like get it delivered. Um, but there was a mix up and somebody like took my food um and I never got the breakfast and I was also scared to like get food delivered in because I was like what if I order like this big meal and then like I get called and I just the the mental state that I was in is I was like I don't want to do anything and then get called and like miss my chances of being seen or like miss being you know mishearing my name being called or anything like that and like because nobody was saying anything and and no information was being shared I was like I don't want to miss the moment that they actually like give us information but yeah it was (laughs) it was an adventure I learned a lot about strangers that night and um it's one of those places do you know how sometimes you're in a situation and there's just a camaraderie that forms because of the situation it's like one of these weird human experiences where it's like you'll never see them again likely you'll never speak to them but like for that moment whatever that moment is there's like a you get along because you're all going through the same thing it was one of those things where as more and more people left because they were frustrated at waiting so long or they gotten seen and had left it was dwindling down and dwindling down to this like skeleton crew of like five or six of us and I know so much about some of their lives now um and from them just talking kind of because what else could you do when you've been waiting 12 13 14 15 hours and nobody's giving you an update on what's happening and you're confused and you're frustrated and you know you have nurses telling you that they can't tell you anything and you have you know people trying to make tough choices about whether they can leave or not and like for me I was like I'm staying here like (laughs) I'm not going anywhere at this stage I was like I got into kind of a like a stubborn mindset of like I'm not going anywhere like I've been here this long I'm not gonna fucking get out of line lose my place have to go somewhere else and like queue up again I was like I don't care that I'm tired and I'm hungry and I'm this and I'm that it's like I'm staying um I was very fortunate to have people like my coworker who helped me get into the taxi she ended up coming back the next day and bringing me food as well um so I finally got to eat um and the coworker who attempted to send me food like I definitely um you know probably would have benefited from having somebody there with me the whole time just because um like I wasn't in a mental space to be able to advocate for myself or really make decisions about whether staying or leaving was the right choice like I really was kind of I think in shock for a good while because it was just so unexpected like I you know one moment I'm walking the next I feel a tug on my leg I look down and like there's a dog 
latched onto my leg like it was so bizarre that I think I just was kind of like I don't know how to make sense of this so now that I'm in a place where I know they take care of people I'm just not going to go anywhere and that's kind of that's kind of what the experience was like so I I suppose lessons learned always keep snacks on you and a phone charger my phone was forever almost dead that that whole during the whole saga and I was thankfully for the kindness of strangers was able to charge it up a few times to keep you know my mom informed because of course like this is one of those experiences when you live abroad that like you don't want to happen because you know in my case like I'm worried about my mom being worried about me and like that's where you really feel like the distance of like if something happens that like the people that you would want to be there like aren't able to be there although technically in the time that it took for me to be seen my mom could have <laughs> got a flight and like gotten over her gotten over her jet lag and everything but <laughs> um but yeah so lesson learned keep a phone charger on you um keep coins on you and keep um keep snacks on you at all times girl scouts <laughs> be prepared um i think there was a moment where I was kind of like well there were two moments where you could tell there was I was in quite a state the first was when I was sitting there wondering um if this was what a shark bite felt like <laughs> and I was like well obviously like sharks have more teeth and they're sharper and like it can you know take my limb clear off but like I didn't really feel the dog bite because I don't know adrenaline and whatever so like if I got bit by a shark would it be like that <laughs> So that was like one stage of like being delirious and then there was like this other stage of me really having like going deep in the philosophicals of like what constitutes an emergency and like how do you qualify emergency and like just you know the question I I asked myself is like when do I get to be an emergency um so very like dramatic and like philosophical and everything like that um and I'm sure because I don't study medicine, I have Zippo, like, scientific medical background. I'm sure there actually very much is a way to qualify emergency. But, like, after sitting there for 15 hours, still being told that, like, despite the length of time that you were sat there, you're, like, it's still, you're still not, you're still okay when you're also very much not feeling okay, you know. And the people that I got to know around me and what had happened to them, that even they still were sitting there waiting and I was like how 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 do they qualify this like how does this happen and ultimately in the case of Ireland I believe like it's just they're massively understaffed and like overworked and there's just not enough beds there's not enough staff there's not enough there's just not enough and that's like the reality of like, I even overheard, like, nurses talking at one stage about, like, oh, what do we say to the people that are complaining that they're waiting so long? And it was, like, you just have to tell them we're short-staffed. Like, we're doing the best we can. And my heart goes out to them because, yeah, like, it obviously, like, to have 50 people in a queue and, like, have it moving at such a glacial pace that at one stage I was told, no, the average wait time is 15 hours. 
and like I was even googling it and it was there were some estimates that were like 18 hours 22 hours stuff like that for for the country like it's just madness and like I I probably could have gone in the end elsewhere and being seen sooner but also well these are places the other places I wouldn't have been able to go to overnight so if I hadn't gotten in like but by the time those places closed I probably would have ended up in the ER anyway and I would have been in a similar situation or you know I would have had to make the choice of like do I go to sleep and try again in the morning or what but like it's just kind of it's so tough and there was I don't know was was she a doctor or a nurse um but at one stage somebody was you know knocking on the door trying to figure out what was going on and he was like I'm please I'm just so tired and she was like me too and at first I was like you know this is really not the kind of professionalism that they would ask for but she did go on to make a really good point of like I'm doing the best I can there's so many people here I completely understand and I'm sorry that you're you know you've been here waiting so long but like I have no control over this I'm I'm literally working as best I can to get through everybody to get to you to take care of you but my, like I can only do so much and she was like you need to write to your TDs and tell them your experience and tell them what happened if you want this to change but otherwise the best thing for me to do is to get back to work so I can get to you sooner but I have to go in the order that I'm told that I have to go in and that's you know otherwise I can't I don't have control and she's right I mean look sometimes I kind of I have doubts about <laughs> whether a government will ever actually listen because you know they they see they can google the same average wait times as I can they know that there's a crisis in Ireland there have been so many um like nurse protests and strikes and there's you know issues about um a hospital potentially being turned over to the church and like there's forever in the news stuff here about the healthcare system and the problems with it and I don't want any American out there listening, taking this to mean, oh, well, you know, nobody complained about our system then because we all know that that one's fucked as well. There are absolutely, um, with every healthcare system, there's there's reasons to, to criticize. Um, but I suppose kind of rather than, I'm in this state where I'm like, I don't want to be my usual self who's like governments are actually not interested in the, the best interest of the people. Um, because we're shown that time and again but I suppose kind of after having gone through this experience trying to feel like okay well what can I do now I suppose the first thing I'm doing is just kind of sharing my experience a bit more publicly and making it very clear where I see the problem lying and it's not in the hospital staff it's in the system itself Um, and then the second thing I'm drafting up a letter to the people who would represent my area of Dublin and I'm going to share my experience with them and push them to make policy that allows for better structure um, in the healthcare system across the country because I mean it was desperate before COVID it's in, in, a, in dire straits now and it's just it's not fair to the people who have to work in that environment and you see it Ireland has so many people who go into nursing but they move abroad to actually practice um because of the conditions here and that's just ridiculous you can see it in 
the experience that I had waiting there, you know, I was there in the end, ultimately like 22 hours to get a wound cleaned, bandaged up, make sure that it, you know, hadn't done any serious damage. A wound that ultimately was worse than when I walked in what they thought it was by me just saying, oh, I got bit by a dog. But anybody who looked at it was like, oh, that is not how a dog normally bites. So it even was like a, um, a deeper kind of wound than they might normally give. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I'm very fortunate it wasn't in an area where I was risking nerve damage or, you know, didn't get to a tendon or anywhere like that. The, the, the sort of worst thing that might happen is I have to get a skin graft, but I don't really think that's a horrible thing. Well, the worst thing might happen is I get an infection, but I'm not too concerned because I am on the antibiotics and all that. And once I got the care, I very much trusted the care that I got. And that's why I want to reiterate as well that like, at least in my experience, like I felt comfortable with the care that I got. I don't know if everybody else does. I can only speak from my experience, but like, I felt like the people that I interacted with were, um, they were not the issue. (laughs) Essentially it was, it's the system. So my kind of two cents on it all, I suppose, is to, to share it in this kind of platform and to then write to the people who have a bit more decision-making power and try to push them to uh, actually do their fucking jobs. So, yeah, not the story I planned to uh, record today in, <laughs> in me coming back after a mini break, but that's the story I have. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot about a lot of strangers' lives. I'm still uh, <laughs> processing kind of some of the things that I witnessed throughout the night, but overall, like, I'm in good spirits, I'm fine, I, you know, I have a couple days sleep now, um, of, like, good sleep, deep sleep, so I'm on the mend, and, um, there's a, you know, a follow-up plan in place to make sure that everything is okay with the wound going forward, so I'm, I'm good, I'm just frustrated that we live in a world where we've built these systems, and we don't actually, and by we, I mean, certain people have built these systems, but they don't actually work for the people that they're built for or the people who are asked to maintain and uphold these systems. So definitely there needs to be a change in Ireland. Certainly there needs to be a change in the U.S. I think kind of coming out of a global pandemic, we need to actually look at how we how we manage healthcare and healthcare crises um, and potentially how we don't handle them and manage them and just assume that forcing everybody to run on fumes is gonna be a sustainable option when it's absolutely not so I'll get off my soapbox now let you get back to your days um I hope you all have a great week there will be more in store I'm I was hoping when I came back to be able to do weekly and then I said okay maybe every other week is more realistic for my schedule but I think to be honest it's just going to kind of be whenever I have the time to get the editing done and with the guests that I'm trying to line up um scheduling you know gets more and more difficult as 
we move into summer and people have lives and stuff like that so kind of whenever I can put together an episode that I'm excited about it'll come out and so that might be three weeks in a row and it might be you miss me for three weeks but it'll be there in the meantime give us a follow on Instagram I am gonna also really try to amp that up because I really haven't posted much but I'm gonna try to get back into that as well and if you want to email you can any crack podcast at gmail.com and then on Instagram any crack podcast um you can leave a review on Apple and I think you can do it on Google and I'm sure you can do it on a few of the other ones that I'm on um and yeah I will catch you guys next time bye